Hey, this is Bob Q, artist of James Bond Origin, and you're listening to Honor Majesty's Secret Podcast. You're listening to Rogue Agents Episode 007, featuring Walt Disney's Goofy Adventures Number 9. And welcome to the seventh episode of Rogue Agents Podcast, a part of the On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast channel, brought to you by our fine Patreon sponsors and White Rocket Entertainment. I'm your host for this show, Agent Pat, aka DJ Christatos. But I'm not doing this alone. I have some fellow co-agents with me. And let's find out who is lurking in the shadows around here at the Rogue Agents headquarters. First, Jared Albrecht, the yard sale artist, codename Death Probe. Gorsh, Pat. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> well, that's my bit. <laughs> <laughs> the benefits of going first. <laughs> Mother trucker. <laughs> I can only wish the best for my fellow uh, agents as they introduce themselves. You know, I wish them the best. And, and when you wish upon a star, it makes no difference. You know what? Never mind. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We might have to cancel that show now. Copyright. Well, speaking about getting their bits stolen, Delvin, the Dark Web Williams, is here as well. What's your new bit? And you would come to me next, right? Mm-hmm. Eliminating Quick time. on the draw. Come on, Silverhand. Come on, Felix Slider. Come on, new bit. <laughs> Come on, Popeye. I mean, I, I didn't have enough time to really get into my costume. So, you know, I, I He's a man with one. a million puns. I rushed into this one and you can now call me Dark Goof. It's okay. Dark Goof? Yes, that's right. I'm going to go with the rest of the podcast as, as Dark Goof. As the Dark Goof. I don't okay. feel right about it. <laughs> hey, if he says we can call him that, we're calling that. Because Garth. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good one. <laughs> <laughs> reclaimed a bit. I reclaimed it. There you go. How would that sound in a walk-in voice? Gosh. <laughs> I'm totally goofy. <laughs> oh, I think I like that one. <laughs> oh, now, before we go way overboard, let's go ahead and talk to Jason, the Weasel Skull Albrecht. Well, gosh, Goofy, I think we might be able to d- some of these women here. They really like you. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> you can edit that and do what you want. <laughs> Oh, that's Mickey getting a little different there. Well, also joining in this wild bunch here, we have Alan Porter joining us. Hello, Mr. Porter. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I think I'm just going to go leave now after that. I just can't follow any of that. I can't believe he's still here. (laughs) No, I can't believe I'm still here either. What the hell am I doing here? You're working late now, Alan. (laughs) Oh, boy. All right, well, this episode is the seventh episode of our ongoing series on the channel called MI6 Rogue Agents, where we traverse the 007 universe. That could mean books, that could mean music, that could mean video games, any medium that connects to the Bond franchise that we love so much here at On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. 
Well, as we mentioned before, Alan Porter is here with us, and he's been on here a couple times, so we're going to mix it up with a new question for him. Alan, if you could be James Bond in any movie, but you have to take the goods with the bads. So, for example, if you go Casino Royale, there's a lot of cool stuff. There's a lot of lovely ladies, but you end up tied to a chair with bad things happening to you. Ups and downs, which Bond would you be in which movie? George Lazenby's bonding on a Majesty's Secret Service. You mentioned the lovely ladies. Oh. There's not only there's not only Diana Rigg, but there's the angels, which includes four of my all-time favorite ladies within there. You've got Anushka Hempel, Catherine Schell, Jenny Hanley, and one of my all-time favorite crushes, Joanna Lamley. Correct. So, and I get the chance to drive in a stock car race, ride on a bobsled, go skiing, drive my favorite Aston Martin, the DBS. And yeah, I know there's the whole death thing at the end. But... <laughs> we got to get we got to get Jill on here. I got to ask you: Aren't you married? Something bad that happens. We won't tell wife. your wife. <laughs> Sounds like someone's been hanging around Mickey. <laughs> I'm good with that one. <laughs> he cashed his wife for the peace, Gloria. I approve. Yeah. I approve. You know, Jill never listens to any of the podcasts I do, anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, definitely a great choice. Now let's get to our rogue subject for this episode, and it's my choice. So what I'm bringing to the boys is this. It's Walt Disney's Goofy Adventures comic, issue number nine. And why did I bring it? Well, on the cover, we have Goofy that's dressed up in his best James Bond tuxedo, but it's got a James Bond kind of flair to it, along with the story that we're about to read. So let me give you a little bit more about this comic. And this is actually was given to me by Professor Alan Middleton. He provided this to me as part of the hashtag comic circle of life. And he thought that would be a good one for us to have since we do on our Majesty's Secret podcast. So thank you, Alan, for providing that to us. So this comic, the Walt Disney Goofy Adventure number nine, was published by Walt Disney Productions. Its cover date was February 1990. Had a cover price of $1.50. Script is Felipe Gas. Pencils and inks go to Miguel Pulo. Translated, though, by Dwight Decker. And there's a reason for that, and we'll get to that later on in the fun facts. Colors is by Joe Mugnio. And letters is Dan Necrosis. Cover credits go to Pencils Patrice Cousy, along with the inks. And kind of speaking about the cover, let's get a take on what you guys think of this cover. And we'll go quickly around the horn, starting with Delvin. It was cute. You got classic Disney characters such as Goofy and a semi-James Bond get-up. So it was definitely an attention grabber. I'll pass it to Jason. I think it's a fantastic cover, actually. I mean, it's not necessarily my cup of tea for a comic book perspective. But as far as the art goes, it's just fantastic. And I love the colors on there. It looks like maybe some type of light pencils blended with maybe some watercolor. I find it very eye-catching. I like it a lot. What do you think, Alan? Yeah, I like it a lot, too. I think it's nicely composed. It's got the good Bond iconography, instantly recognizable as a Bond pastiche. Uh, There's a long line of comic books that have done that and done Bond tribute type covers over the years. I'd say this is one of the better ones that I've seen. It looks cool. Would work well as a poster for like an animated movie or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Jared? Absolutely going to agree with Alan. This is a poster quality. Yeah, I want to see this animated movie, by the way. 
Yeah, I think it would be fun. The art is outstanding. I have it digitally, so Pat might know better than me, but I, I think that's colored pencil work maybe involved or i think so i mean looking at the cover i have yeah it's great it's a great layout it's my favorite thing about what we're discussing tonight i mean i I liked it was fun overall but this cover is just say magnifique before we started recording tonight i was showing the guy some of my art pieces i have snoopy as bond and archie as bond and the tick as bond that i've collected from different creators at cons and stuff so this is right in my wheelhouse and artistically, it's freaking gorgeous. It's a great cover. I love it. I definitely agree with you guys as well, too. Uh, it was one of the things when I got this in the mail, I saw that. I was like, oh, yeah, this is definitely James Bond worthy to see that. And and I would put this up as a fun poster. This would be a really cool poster. And I think a lot of kids would kind of be interested in seeing it. Yeah, I think if you are any bit of a fan of James Bond and you saw that, you pick it up and look at it. Yeah. You, you absolutely yeah. would. And yeah. and that speaks a lot to how good of a cover it was. For me, it fit right into my wheelhouse because I'm a Disney fan as well, too. Uh, lots of fond memories going to Disney World with the family and the kids growing up and watching all these Disney movies. My daughter's favorite movie is a goofy movie. So that means uh has some sentimental value for me as well, too. So definitely good times. All right, well, with the cover out of the way, let's go ahead and get into the plot description, the synopsis for this issue. It's a short 10-pager. Goofy gets lost in the fictional adventures of James Goof as Mickey comes to take Goofy to a high society party. Goofy goes to the party in his James Goof persona and all the ladies adore him. Little does Goofy know that Pete and his super negative partner are planning to steal a valuable diamond from this party. Through a comedy of errors, a little help from Mickey, and hijinks that includes downing a helicopter with champagne corks, Super Agent Goofy just might save the day. He's tough. He's daring. He's suave. He's goofy. Well, let's find out. Is it a first read or a reread? Alan. First read for me. I didn't know it uh, existed, but I'm definitely putting it on my list of Bond-related comics to go find. Yeah. Dylan. It is also my first read, Pat. Jared. First read. Jason. First read. It's a first read for me, too. Woohoo! Well, we did it. Yep. We received rainbow status on Bond. With that, let's get into some highs, lows, and we'll go a couple rounds on this one. So we will start with Alan, our guest. Alan, you got a high low for this. I got a couple of highs. I mean, that whole line about being obsessed with the adventures of a fictional master spy. I mean, come on. That's not at all realistic, is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're broken off on them. <laughs> Goofy using the golf balls to hit the champagne bottles and the corks flying out and stuff. I loved that. I thought it was a nice trick. They sort of did something similar on uh, Deep Space Nine when they did a Bond tribute show with Dr. Bashir actually using a champagne cork as a bullet to knock out the bad guy. So it sort of reminded me of that little trick. I thought it was, it was cool. It was neat to see it here sort of done on a bigger scale to take out the helicopter. I thought that was pretty good. I, I sort of liked that. So that was a high for me. For doing the low at the same time, my low, Mickey Mouse. I'll probably never work for Disney again now. I really <laughs> don't like Mickey Mouse. 
you're freaking fired, Alan. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you're hurting my feelings. And I don't like the fact that he was actually the savior at the end of the story it was Mickey Mouse and not Goofy. It was Mickey that worked out the gag at the end to actually catch the thieves and not Goofy. So uh, Goofy didn't actually have any agency in the resolution. So I hated the fact it was actually Mickey did no, that. Goofy did sit on Pete. Yeah, but it was Mickey that worked out the thing with the valve yeah. and the water spout and stuff. So, yeah, I didn't like that. Scoofy's story, not Mickey's. Get that damn mouse out of there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's go ahead and go to Delvin. You got a high, low, or what, though? Yeah, sort of riffing off of Alan there. So I guess they kind of loosely base off the pot of Goldfinger, right? You know? Like Goofy didn't do anything. James Bond arguably didn't do anything in Goldfinger. <laughs> I can't crack a timely Bond joke. That was, good. that was a good joke. I like that. That was good. Yep. Because this was Disney and intentionally meant to be silly. Um, I'm going to be silly as well. And it was a good thing that Goofy walked around with a glass of water because the women were chasing him. They were thirsty. they were awfully awfully thirsty one other thing big bad pete i actually liked him in the book and he needs a he's a better sidekick (laughs) your attitude is your destiny man that dude needs some positivity training or something (laughs) he's gonna fail he's gonna fail he's totally gonna fail like, the thug on, that man. thinks he can and the thug that thinks he can't are both right. <laughs> <laughs> Help out, Big Bad Pete. Don't just be a naysayer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jared, you got a high-low? I'm going to go with a quick low, then I'm going to roll that into a question. So I'm going rogue on Rogue Agents. Uh-oh. My low is, I think, kind of similar to what Alan's point was. I wanted to see more of a Goofy on an adventure on a James Bond style adventure. And mm-hmm. this one felt more like Goofy on an Inspector Clouseau kind of adventure where just everything sort of bumbly works out for him. I, I get that it's Goofy, so you maybe have to go with that theme, but I would like to see it just be a little more of Goofy on some kind of a mission instead of just sort of a, a Mr. Bean-esque series of things that happens to Goofy. Mm-hmm. I know this is a 10-page kids comic and it's a silly low, but that's kind of what I was hoping for when I picked it up and saw that cover. And then when it ended up being sort of a bunch of goofy adventures with yeah. Mickey Mouse injecting himself, I felt the same way that Alan did. Hey, Jared, yes. after all, I mean, sometime around this time, the cartoon Goof Troop came out, right? So, I mean, Goofy can go on adventures and stuff. Yeah. There yeah. There it was 1990, so, yeah. I promised I would roll this into a question. Uh, Alan Porter is uh, one of the world's leading authority of James Bond in comic books, and he alluded to the fact that some other Bond homage covers have been done in comics, much like this one. So I wanted to quickly pick Alan's brain on some of his favorites or most memorable ones. And that maybe is something that our listeners could go take a look at and see uh, what they think. Oh, you're going to catch me now because I don't have like issue numbers and things off the top of my head. <laughs> um, That's all right. You don't have to have the numbers memorized. But, I think uh, I got the book around here somewhere. I can yeah, there's, a, there's some weird book that some guy wrote that's got a few in the back. <laughs> one of my particular favorites is a Justice League one with Bruce Wayne as James Bond on the cover. There's a good yes, there's a Green Arrow. There's a good Green Arrow. I think there was a recent Hawkeye one, I think, that was like a Thunderball, Robert McGuinness type Thunderball pastiche i think it's upstairs i'd have to go look it out but i think it was a hawkeye yeah there's a whole series of them that you completely got me on my back foot because i didn't <laughs> do the prep and i haven't got them in front of me or they're all in a different room so uh, there are quite a lot out there that make really good pastiches 
And it's one of the things I look for when I'm actually in the comic book store, when I'm scanning the shelves, is I, I look for either Beatles album cover pastiches or James Bond pastiches on the comic books. So uh, another little one of my weird collecting obsessional areas. I definitely remember that Kevin Maguire Justice League. That was like within the yeah. first 12 issues or so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah thank you. Justice League International. Yeah. I remember the Green Arrow one, too, because he's standing with the Bond pose, but instead of the pistol, he's like he's, holding the he's arrow. Got the, he's got the arrow, yeah. Yeah. Mm. I don't think I've ever seen that one, but I've seen the Justice League International one. Yeah, yeah. yeah Bond shows up League. a little bit in the stories of those Justice League, too. Like, there's in the background, I want to say it's like Living it's Daylights. The, but this, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Justice League 16. Oh, okay. I said first 12. I was so close. <laughs> <laughs> What book are you referencing there, Alan? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Alan is referencing that the premier book, if you're into James Bond and comics, called The History of the Illustrated 007, written by Alan J. Porter, available at Amazon.com, and I recommend you purchase it. That was page 154 for anybody who wants to see it. <laughs> <laughs> Justice League cover. Very cool. Very cool. Jason, let's roll to you. I think I'm going to throw a high out to the art on this. This is really, really fun. I appreciate how the layouts are. There's a lot of squares, rectangles, the old style of comic book layout. Very Mm -hmm. crisp. And I'm looking particularly at the center panel on page three, where there's just a lot of activity on this panel. But they have great background with the column. There's a chandelier, and then you have tons of characters that are on there. And this is the one I think Delvin was referring to with the women all swarming at Goofy. Mm-hmm. And the facial expressions and the emotive lines, there's just a lot of action. You've got a lady that's fainted, and it's got the little squiggly line coming up to indicate that she's unconscious. It's just fun. And the artist just did a terrific job of laying out the story just cramming a lot of fun into every panel. And I appreciate that. Yeah. This thing is, you have to look at it with some childlike eyes in this being a short 10 page story. And that it was kind of geared towards children. And this could be help used for, uh, you know, reading material for them to learn and read from. So yeah, I I definitely like the layout and the, the art in it as well too. Let's go around and see if we, anybody has any final highs or lows. Alan, do you have any anything else you want to add? I actually like the fact that Big Bad Pete was not taken in at all, that he knew it was Goofy from the beginning. Yeah. Everybody else was like, oh, it's James Goof. And he's yeah. like, oh, it's just that idiot, local idiot Goofy, and we don't have to worry about him. So <laughs> I love the fact he was not taken in. Delvin? I'm good. I think we've discussed it enough. It was very enjoyable. I did like it, and, and I'm glad that there's still a little bit of child in me that I could read something like that and, and appreciate it and then mix it with what I have learned about James yeah. Bond later on in my life. It was, it was a nice mix. Yeah, good, fun, quick read this was. I'm glad that I was able to read it and get a different, somebody else's point of view on a James Bond story. Jared. I didn't read it. Ah. <laughs> it's too dense for him. Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> No, I I think I'm going to end it on the high note. And I know I've already said this, but that cover, that cover is excellent. (laughs) I'm going to be on the lookout for this issue so I can put that cover in my little Bond collection. So, yeah, if you're listening to this, you know, Rogue Agents, we stepped out a little bit and did something Disney with a James Bond spin. Do yourself a favor and at least Google the cover of Goofy Adventures number nine. nine. It's a great cover. It is. 
you know, I'd like the just the cover without the goofy adventures, without the words on it, just goofy like that. That would be. Oh better. yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I think that would be a really sharp cover, or maybe just a James goof. I'd like that. That'd be really cool. Jason, any final high or low? Just when I was reading through this, I was thinking back to Jared. You brought. I don't remember his last Crusade Miss or Crusade Miss before that grew comic. Mm-hmm. It kind of mm-hmm. reminded me of that, a younger version of that, where it's just kind of a comedy of errors. And I don't know. I just found it very charming, and I chuckled a couple times along the way. And like Delvin, I'm glad that I have enough inner child left to read through this and crack a smile. So good choice, Pat. Good choice. It was a good, fun, entertaining read. I enjoyed it. All right. Well, I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. We will get to your ratings in just a moment here. But let me give you one little fun fact that I found while I was prepping for this. And it goes back to the cover and the story. It's actually from a French comic, and it was called Le Journal de Mickey, number 1817. This was originally done in April 21st of 1987. So this is a French comic that had to get translated for the story. Nice. I thought that was very interesting. So there's a little fun comic fact for you as well. Très bien. Shut up, you idiot. You'll give us away. (laughs) That's what it sounded like before they translated it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, with that, let's go ahead and get into some ratings for this issue. And just a reminder for the rating system, it's a one through seven. Seven, you loved it. It shook your martini. Six is excellent. Five is very good. Four, good. Three, it's just okay. Two, not so good. And one, you hated it. It stirred your martini. Yuck. Gosh, that's not good. <laughs> that's my poor attempt there. But let's go ahead and find out, Alan, what would you rate this on a one through seven? I'm going to give it a five and it loses two points. One for the mouse and two for the fact that it was actually things happening around Goofy rather than Goofy going on an adventure. But other than that, it was a good, fun, enjoyable. So I'm going to give it five out of seven. That's fair. Jared? I'm going to copycat my musical partner over there. Go five for the same exact reasons. (laughs) You don't like the most either? No, like I said, I found him to be just a little distracting. I wish it had been a purely goofy adventure. Or if they had treated Mickey like Felix Lighter in some way. That would have been good. <laughs> what throwing him for the sharks? Yes. <laughs> come out with that leg. With that one for me. <laughs> See you in hell. <laughs> uh, Jason. A four. I liked it. Not usually my cup of tea, but this one was fun. It was a good stretch outside my comfort zone, and it's still better than Die Another Day. <laughs> <laughs> so wrong. <laughs> Am I wrong? <laughs> Minnie Mouse, analyze this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna sell out yes and no. Delvin, one through seven. I'm at a five as well. Like I, I would have 
probably bumped it up another point or two if it had like a catchy jingle that went with it like okay goofy okay goofy oh, man no man you just wanted to get that sound clip played another episode <laughs> somebody that hates that sound so much you keep bringing it back well it's just like elevator music it gets stuck in your head it won't go away I've, I've been trying you know a lot of psychotropic you know what I'm gonna just go on mute now <laughs> All right. Well, with those ratings out of the way, I think I'm going to pass it over to our network founder, Van Plexico, to thank all the Patreon sponsors who make this show possible. So just go to www.plexico.net, P-L-E-X-I-C-O.net, or you can just go to patreon.com and search for White Rocket and join up. And it's for as little as a dollar a month, you get to be part of the show. And we send out, we, I post things occasionally on the Patreon page of interest. And you get previews, you get special deals, special offers, and discounts on things that we do. And you sometimes get shows before the, uh, the regular audience does. Here are the fine folks who are currently keeping our programs on the air that we owe everything to. Samuel Salvatore and Bart Lindsay. Uh, Bradley Blackman, Brian Gray, Chris Usher, Gary Grant, Logan Chilton, Phil Amthor, Richard Stevens, Steve Trawick, Susan Trawick, Tom Anderson, Willie Carden, Ann Kanjian, A.U. Falling Up, Ben Bloodsworth, Clay Henson, Dan Thompson, Daniel Odom, David Evers, David Hegler, Emmanuel Seaman, George Gaston, Jacob and Robin Fleming, James Greenwell, Joel Beckham, John Otsuki, Catherine England, Kevin Smith, Mickey B, Phil Davis, Preston Settle, Reynolds Wolf, Rich Reimer, Steve Harlan, Timothy, WDE Richie, Wes Atkinson, William Morgan, Wilson Beard, Winston Body, Alex Nguyen, Blake Heron, Boris the Tiger, Cato the Barner, Chris Hilton, Chris Thrash, Colby Butler, Danny Flack, Plus, Darius Benton, David Simpson, Dibama, Earl Ricks, Eric Mahan, Hugh Anderson, Josh Teal, Kevin Kenoy, Kevin Mahan, Lane Middleton, Mike Finley, Papa Todd, Randall Walker, Rob Morgan, Ross, Russell Milling, Shannon Butson, Sarah Hines, Shane Bailey, Snowdog, Stephen Houston, Tim Pittman, Todd Gray, Tony Perry, Auburn Elvis, Ben Amos, Brandon Sisson, Brandon Smith, Chris Camo, Darren Pyle, David Smiley, Don, Donnie Reynolds, Plus, Ivor Evans, James Taylor, Jason Albrecht, John Stubbs, John Zavachin, Joey Miller, Joseph Iliff, Justin Bean, Lawrence Kane, Mark Squire, Matthew Flowers, Mick Vigicana, Nicholas Craig, Patrick Williams, Paul Bankson, Robert Drain, Robert O. Sammons, Russell Souther, Ruth and Darren Sutherland, that's the truth, Ruth, Spanky, Stephen Thompson, Trevor Johnson, Kenneth Brent Rains, Brant Rumble, and Chris Plus, our one-time and anonymous donors, we thank you all so much. Go to www.plexico.net or just go to www.patreon.com and sign up and join the family. And that's the show. As a reminder to our audience, if you'd like to be a part of the show, you can send us your questions, comments, or trivia challenges to ohmspod at outlook.com or over on our Twitter page at ohmspod. If you like, you can even use the email as a reminder. That's ohmspod at outlook.com to send us an audio recording of your question or comment, and we might even play it on the show. Please try to keep your audio files around 30 seconds or less, and we would love to hear from you and make you part of the show. We do have a send-in for this episode. As our friends from the Pacific Northwest, they like to call themselves the junior agents. We like to call them the rusty agents. 
Let's see what they've got for us this week. Good evening, agents. This is Jeff from the Junior Mission Control Center, also known as Jeff and Rick Presents. I am providing this week's field report from the junior agent stationed in the Pacific Northwest. As usual, I surprised my fellow junior agent Rick during the recording of our regular podcast, Unpacking the Power Power Pack, with a pop quiz in the middle of our script. His answers are not prepared. I'm Jeff. I'm Rick. And I'm Alexander. I thought random banter only came once a year. Random banter buddies, tell me a tall tale of tantalizing things <laughs> and stuff. I know this. I know this. I know this. I thought you'll, you'll get there. Pierce Brosnan said it to somebody. Oh God, no, no, no. That that's that's what I. In the back of my head, I was like, well, that's what it is. I don't want it to be that. Yeah. No, I don't want it to be that what at all. What is it? No, 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 no. What is it? No, no. I don't what know is what it? it is. I refuse to. I refuse to. No, because no, 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 no. You are a bad man. You are a bad man. Why would you Why would you ruin I don't know what you're talking about. such a wonderful night with us and our friends by bringing up the worst James Bond movie ever? Well, it's funny that you should say that, because you might have thought that this was a random banter, but it was actually a pop quiz hotshot. Oh, no. In 1999, the world is not enough, introduced the best Bond girl of them all, Dr. Christmas Jones. And knowing how much Rick absolutely loves Christmas Jones and Bond in general, I would like our guest... Alexander from Waffles and Mario speak. Oh, what does it talk about stuff? Talk about things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Rick, to answer this simple little question, could you name five other Denise Richards movies for me? Just between the two of you, if you could do that, that would be wonderful. Starship Troopers, mm. Wild Things. Um, <sighs> Denise Richards. God, I hate her. There's two. Burning fiery passion. I, I, I just vaguely hate. recall that Rick was saying something about. He talks about her a lot. I think he's got an unrequited crush. Uh, I'm assuming it's because he loves her body of work so much. So that's a lie on all so many levels. Oh, I know this. Yeah, what other what other schlock has she been in? She's been in a bunch, I'm sure. Oh, a bunch a of, of things. Hallmark movies or something like that. Mostly they're things that I that I've just not wanted to go and watch. No, no, I, I that that's all I care to think about. I mean, those are the No, I I may actually own other movies with her in it, but I refuse to think of her. <laughs> I'm I'm blanking. Okay. I'm blanking. Nothing? You guys Nothing. done? Nope. Nope, I'm done. I'm done. Like, Except for the hate and spite. All right. I know you'll tell me the movie so I'm like of course she's yeah. in that, but yeah. <laughs> How about Switched or Money Plane or Alpha Code or Reality Queen? How about uh, My Adventures with Santa or Adventures of Dally and Spanky, The Secret Lives of Cheerleaders, Firstborn, Christmas Break-In, The Prayer Box, Destined to Ride, The Toy Box, Tomboy. At this point in time, there's only one of those movies that I've actually heard about. American Violence, <laughs> American s- Satan, A Girl is a Gun. Nope. A life, a life lived. A Christmas reunion. Fatal acquittal, which was a TV movie. How about Freeloaders? I'm, I'm serious. At this, I, none. None of these. None, none of these. I've heard. I, I've heard of one, the, the the cheerleader one, but that's about it. Is she the female Nicolas Cage? <laughs> no, Nicolas Cage has talent. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just go around the era of uh, you know wild things and Starship Troopers. How about Drop Dead Gorgeous? 
That's yes. right. Now, that one I have. That's yes. a good movie. Yeah, she's got a, a very large filmography of movies that nobody has ever seen. And the ironic, and the ironic thing is, is that people don't realize they're all uh, James Bond spinoffs. Exactly, I know that is the craziest <laughs> part about that. Is uh, this entire extended universe that no one talks about? There really is, because totally, yeah, I mean, totally. these people have more lives than just they come in, they hang out with Bond, they stop a nuclear bomb, and then disappear into his black book. Well, you know, kind I, of I know the one thing I saw her on was that uh, they had the the one show, The Dog Whisperer. Mm-hmm. I think that she was on that one because she's got some, you know, she lives in L.A. and she's got some dogs, and you know, they had celebrities on there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why am I watching the show? I can't stand her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that might have been the last time I watched that show. <laughs> that might have been. Yeah, well, between the two of you, you came up with two answers and two answers only. And I'm afraid <laughs> that's not enough to win a prize. So, Rick, I'm afraid I have to pass on this message. What message is that, Jeff? Christmas Jones sends her regards. Training, as always, we'll continue in the field until our junior agents are able to handle any situation. Thank you for accepting our reports. Until next time, junior agents, signing out. So, if I'm not mistaken, Waffle was um, a witness to a cold-blooded murder. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think we need to go around real quick and just check in on everybody's vote here. Does Rick have a secret crush on Denise Richards, yes or no, Pat? Oh, yes, Definitely. He Delvin, definitely yeah. enjoys the body of work there. <laughs> Delvin. Absolutely. As certain as the state's name is Oregon. Yes. <laughs> and that's his. Yeah. yeah. Jason, that. what do you think? Methinks he doth protesteth too much. <laughs> I'm upset they never brought up Undercover Brother, which is one of her finest performances ever. So, I, I think, Rick, it's about time to start unpacking the power of the Denise Richards power that you are packing <laughs> And just let it out. Let the world enjoy it. <laughs> also, if you're an iTunes listener, we'd greatly appreciate if you left a review of the show. That will help raise the show's profile and attract more of the 007 family to this program. As a reward for leaving a review, we will read your entire review on an upcoming episode of MI6 Rogue Agents. I want to thank Alan and Jared. Jason and the Dark Goof, Delvin, for joining me this episode. But before we go, let's find out where the listeners can find us on the internet. We'll start with Alan. For Bond stuff, you can find me on Twitter at Bond Lexicon and on Instagram and Tumblr at James Bond Lexicon. Jason. You can find me at Weasel Skull on Twitter or at Jason Albrick on Facebook or Instagram. Delvin. You can find me on Twitter at D-E-E underscore R-A-Y-1977, Jared. I am at Yard Sale Artist. That is Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Parlor, and YouTube. It's all at Yard Sale Artist. And you can find me on the Twitter at Christatos01. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode of MI6 Rogue Agents. And if you enjoyed this crew and want to hear more from them, but in the realm of comic books, check out the Longbox Crusade. Jared, where can that be found? Well, Pat, I'm glad you asked. Longbox Crusade can be found in lots of places. It's on all your finer and popular podcatchers to include Google and Spotify. It's also on the unpopular podcatchers because we don't discriminate, Pat. And you can always chat with us online at Longbox Crusade. That's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Back to you, Pat. Well, thank you, Jared. Thanks to all the fellows for taking on yet another dangerous mission. 
Thanks to the listeners who tuned in. If you'd like to leave a question or a comment on this or any of our other episodes, feel free to contact the show on Twitter at OHMSPod or email us at OHMSPod at Outlook.com. We hope to hear from you soon. This next episode of MI6 Rogue Agents will feature Delvin's Choice. But on Her Majesty's Secret Podcast, we'll return. This episode features the James Bond GoldenEye 007 Trap Remix by The Whittler. Make it work in late nights now. He's doing some security security gigs. Sounds awful, like a lot like Mary Jane. Possibly <laughs> treetop Tommy. That's totally treetop Tommy. <laughs> Not treetop Tommy. That's Mickey Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> treetop Tommy sound like this. I, I don't know what to say. I'm really. This is just thrown off. Throw me off here. So. My work right, well, here. Yeah. So. The question is, Alan, if you could be, if you could be a Bond, what was it again? <laughs> I got it, Pat. <laughs>